Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Well, good morning. Happy New Year. You guys made it through the holidays all right? Man, the weather was crazy and cold, so that was kind of cool because it actually felt like Christmas here, right? But I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of ready for some more warm weather. <laughs> Time to put away the sweaters and the rain jackets, you know. <clears throat> I've, I'm, I grew up in Seattle, Washington, so I can only take so much of that. Be so, I start to twitch, you know. It's like a bad reminder of growing up and playing soccer, and it's 40 degrees and raining outside, you know. It's like just horrible. My parents tortured me as a kid, making me play soccer outside in the rain and the mud and everything else. Down here in California, we don't touch the fields if it rains. We're like, they're like, nope, call the game. It's raining. Nope, we don't, no, we don't want anybody to get hurt. I'm like, I'm trying to raise men, all right? Not, not, not weenie little boys, all right? So, like, we're going to play in the rain, you know? Well, it's good to see you. Uh, I want to let you know something we do here at Authentic Church is uh, we do a leadership luncheon Zoom every single month. It's a monthly uh, leadership luncheon that we do, and we have different special guests that come and speak, friends of the house, friends of ours, and this coming Wednesday, everybody say this Wednesday. This Wednesday, we have a great friend of ours, Rabbi Miles Weiss, is going to be on the call with us, uh, known as Rabbi, teacher, pastor. Uh, Rabbi Miles is amazing. Him and his wife do an exceptional job leading Beit Abed, uh, um, uh, I, I think, at the Father's house, thank you, and uh, up in up in Vacaville, California, they travel all over the world. They sit on the global council for an organization called Firm, and he's a Messianic Jew. So he's 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 Jewish by birth. He's Messianic, a believer in Jesus by choice, and so he had a radical encounter with God as a young Jewish boy in New York, and it changed the trajectory of his life. And, uh, and put him on a path. And, and now uh, one of his great passions is sharing about Bible prophecy that's unfolding in for, before our eyes as we're watching in this global revival that's going to come and how Israel's a big part of it in, in, in the name of Yeshua being proclaimed in, in the Holy Land. And so he's a fascinating, brilliant man. I want to encourage you. Anybody can join. It's a Zoom. Uh, you can register in your bulletins there. There's a QR code for our Church Center app. And you can, you don't have to do it now whenever you want to do it, but you click on that, uh, you scan that, and then you can download the Church Center app for Authentic Church, and you'll have a, a link to that. And then if you also, like my wife was saying, if you just simply text the word authentic, if you just text the word authentic to 94,000, you'll get the link. So we make it easy. I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't like email as much as I like text messages. And so it's just a good reminder. So we send out a weekly text update, and you'll get a link to that. Uh, this week, and then also on the day of, uh, so it'll be an easy reminder for you, but it'll be a great time. And three times a year for us as a church, uh, we come together with a time that's more of a formal offering. And, and, and we model this after the children of Israel. So if you go throughout and you look in the Old Testament and you read uh, how God inst- instituted some different practices, season, uh, places, worship moments. Well, three times a year, the men of Israel, the leaders in their communities, were required to come and present themselves before the Lord. And when they came, everybody would bring an offering to the Lord. Above and beyond their tithe, there would be an offering to the Lord. 
And so for Authentic Church, uh, we don't pass the proverbial buckets on a Sunday morning, uh, but we do three times a year, we follow that pattern. And you just happen to come on the Sunday where uh, we have a formal time of offering to the Lord. And this is taken out of Genesis 12.3 and Romans 1.16. And I think we, we have it on the screen here. Genesis 12.3 says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So this is a promise from God to Abraham that pertains to you and I. And so the Lord is basically saying, people that bless you, Abraham, I'm actually going to bless them. And those people, those nations that curse you, I'm going to curse. And I, I, I never saw the stark reality of this verse so much as when I visited Israel a few years ago. There's an area called the Golan Heights, and if you've ever been there, it overlooks Syria. And you can see there's a, there's a waterway, there's a river that goes and divides between Israel and Syria. Israel side, farmers. They're growing crops. Uh, they have orchards. On the Syrian side, farmers, crops, they're growing orchards. On the Israeli side, incredibly blessed, green, abundant, beautiful. I kid you not, on the Syrian side, desolate, brown, a few specks of green on the horizon, but not very fruitful and not very blessed. This verse is true. God is not a man that he should lie. He will not be mocked. And there's a precedence that you see throughout the Bible to the Jew first, that we as Gentile believers, right? I don't know about you, I'm not Jewish. Um, uh, maybe somewhere in the lineage there might be that I'm not aware of, uh, but, but I'm not Jewish to my knowledge. And I was grafted in as a believer in Yeshua and Jesus. And that comes from Romans 1.16, where Paul's talking and he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, uh, to the Jew first and then the Gentile. And so it's, 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 it's a precedence here where we're putting we're, we're, we're blessing Israel that there, there is a firstborn child and, and it's the nation of Israel. And for us at Authentic Church, one of the ways that we, we do this from a real practical standpoint is the first offering that leaves our church, the first offering of the year that we receive, that we give, goes to bless the children of Israel. And we do this in partnership with an organization called FIRM. FIRM, F-I-R-M, it stands for Fellowship of Israeli-Related Ministries. And, and we have a, a close connection with them. We've seen firsthand the level of accountability, um, the impact that they're making in the nation of Israel. And through them, we've actually been able to partner and bless a congregation that's right near the Gaza Strip that for the, nobody, the Jews wouldn't sell them land. The Palestinians sure aren't going to sell them any land. So they couldn't have a building to meet in as a Christian uh, messianic Jewish congregation. And we were able to last year give towards their needs as a church. That church was right in the middle of a bunch of the rockets that were fired. I don't know if you remember last spring when a bunch of the rockets were fired. Well, that church was able to purchase a building, and because of your generosity, that church was able to go and help the Jews and the Palestinians in the name of Yeshua with basic needs. It's amazing what happens when your building is falling down, when life is crumbling around, and you, you're more open to the gospel than ever before. The same is true in your life and mine, and the same is 
is true over in the land of Israel. And so we were able to bless them. And another organization that we were able to bless is called One for Israel. One for Israel is an organization where they create these videos of people that are Jewish giving their testimony of coming to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And then what they do is they promote that on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, etc. So you just can't get away from it. And people are clicking on it, and they're hearing the gospel in their own language with their own people sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. So those are two a few of the things. And we at Authentic Church, we're really fortunate because one of the people that's in our lives that's uh, part of the overseers of Authentic Church is a gal named Casey Tate. How many of you know Casey? So grateful. Casey's here, and she works for Firm, and she just came back from Israel. So I'm going to have Casey come up and just share just a brief word about Firm and what they're doing. Hey guys, how are you? So good to be here today. Yeah, I just got back from Israel a couple weeks ago, and I'm telling you, the Lord is on the move. He is doing some incredible things. And through the generosity of, peop- of churches like Authentic Church and, and people all over the world, the gospel is going forth, and seeds are being sown in faith. We, we serve about 60 local ministries in Israel, all of whom are on the, the front lines of gospel work, whether that's resources, discipleship and training for youth and young adults, um, mentorship for those who are going into the military or post-military. We do a lot with local congregations and with humanitarian aid. In fact, I had um, dinner this week with the executive directors of a ministry called um, Jerusalem Institute of Justice. They're offering a lot of um, pro bono legal work for persecuted minorities in Israel and helping to protect religious freedoms. We were able um, through, we have a a foundation. Part of what we do, we have a 100% giving model through Firm. And so Firm as a ministry, we raise finances to cover our operational expenses and 100% of the donations that come in through Firm are given to support local ministry initiatives in Israel. And this last year, we were actually able to give away $2.1 million to ministry work in Israel, which is incredible. It's double, it's more than double what we were able to give away last year. And that's because of the generosity of people who have a heart for God's covenant purposes for Israel. We recognize that the blessing that it speaks of in Genesis 12, 1 through 3 and 17 and so many other places in the scripture, it's not just financial blessing. This was the preserved line of God's covenant promises for the Messiah to come. And Israel is called to be a light to the nations. And the Lord has not abdicated that calling over Israel. They will still be a light to the nations. But as Gentiles, one of our roles is to help provoke provoke the Jewish people to jealousy so that they would come to know the Lord themselves. We still believe that that remnant within Israel will come to know him. Right now, there are less than 0.1% believers in Israel, maybe 30,000 believers out of a population of 9 million. So statistically, there's still an unreached people group. But you know what? There's about a million Jewish believers around the world today, and that number is growing because people's eyes are being opened to see that Yeshua is the Messiah to the Jews, and he's the Savior of the world. And so I want to encourage you. I want to thank you for your generosity as a congregation and your prayers as well, because there's, there's effective work that's being done in Israel and around the nations, and there's some really exciting and initiatives that we're helping to partner with in the future. And so your, your prayers, come, come to Israel, by the way. I, I think that we're going to try and get a, a team from Authentic Church to come, and maybe I'll help lead that. And so, um, so put it in your heart to pray for Israel, to give, not for the sake of just financial blessing for yourself, but for an alignment with God's heart. When we love what God loves, it changes our prayers. It changes our perspective. It changes what we're willing to invest our time and our effort and our resources in 
into. And we believe that God is faithful to his covenant purposes, that all Israel will be saved, and the church worldwide, which is Jew and Gentile, one new man, we have a role to play in that. And so thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your generosity. And we're going to see even more alignment in the days ahead. Amen. I want you to stay here. Um, if you'd like to give in the, in the offering this morning, I just want to encourage you, everybody, I want to encourage you to give. If I could just pastor you for a moment, I can't tell you the impact that your seed is going to make. It, it may be a mustard, maybe the size of a mustard seed that you can sow today, and that's fine. It's not the dollar amount. It's the position of your heart and your obedience to whatever the Holy Spirit's leading you to do. But as your pastor, I would just encourage you to prayerfully consider what would you have me give, Lord God? 100% of whatever you give goes directly to Israel. There's nothing that we, that we keep. This is something Fawn and I, we've done in our lives for a number of years. And when we planted Authentic Church two years ago, this was something that was very close to our hearts that we feel is close to his heart. <laughs> One of the reasons I feel that our church is so blessed is because of this principle right here. And so if you'd like to give, you can give. There's, there's a, if you give via a text or online, there's, I think, a link in the bulletin there that you can do that, or you can text the number and get that link, and you can give that way or in the offering box, and you can just do the drop-down menu, and there's something there for Israel you can give towards it. I'd like to ask Casey to pray, pray for this offering, and then also let's join together and let's pray a blessing over Israel. Amen? Amen. All right. Abba, we thank you for your faithfulness. You're a God who's true to your word. What you say, you do. And we've just seen that throughout history. We see that in our lives. We see that in, in your word. And so, Lord, we come alongside what you love today. And we just ask that your blessing would be upon your people in Israel and Jewish people around the world. And that you would align our hearts, not in some weird um, adoration sort of way where we love Jewish things more than we love the Jewish people. But that we would love what you love. And Lord, we believe that your word says that the gospel is going to go to the Jew first and, the, and then the Gentile, and that Israel's salvation will mean salvation for the world. And so we do believe, God, that there's a great harvest that's coming in the earth today. There's a great harvest among Jewish people. There's a great harvest among the nations. There's a great harvest among the Arab world that's taking place, and it's provoking the Jewish people to jealousy. Lord, I thank you that because you are faithful to your promises, that Israel would be a light to the nation. We can come alongside that. And we can say yes and amen through our prayers, through our heart alignment, through our action, through our giving and our generosity until the day when we see the Jewish Messiah come back to reign on the earth. When, when Israel will say, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Lord, we stand with that in faith. And Lord, where, where there's areas of our heart where we just don't get this, where we don't understand it in terms of your justice, when we don't understand it in terms of your love for people around the world, Lord, I ask that you would help change our hearts. I know you did that in my life, and you're still doing that in my life. And I ask that authentic, at authentic church, we would be a people who loves what you love. Lord, I pray that the offering that comes in today, the seed that is sown financially, would bear much fruit. Lord, we're continuing to stand in agreement for Beit Halel, the congregation in Ashdod, that the word would go forth. Lord, I know that they're seeing so many Ukrainian and, and, and Russian refugees come in, and they're preaching the gospel effectively because they can do so in Ukrainian and Russian. Lord, I thank you that One for Israel has seen incredible fruit through the evangelistic efforts that they're putting online through these videos in Hebrew, and that 
there's more like hits on these videos than there are people in Israel who speak Hebrew. So thank you, God. Thank you that your word is going forth with power and with authority. And we believe that there will be a harvest. And as we come alongside that with our prayers and with our offerings, we just speak a blessing over the people of Israel today. We speak a blessing over congregations. Would you lift up the hands and the arms of the pastors and the leaders and the youth and those who are being discipled for the next level of leadership? God, we pray that the seeds that have been sown in the hearts of many people this year would yield a good harvest, would yield fruit for the sake of your name, Lord. We pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much, Casey. Thank you, Jonathan, for continuing to play for us for worship this morning. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get into the Word of God today. If you are new to Authentic Church, uh, you came on a great Sunday. Uh, the first Sunday of the year uh, back in church for us is a real special Sunday. And every year, we take time to pray and seek God for a fresh word for us, for our congregation. And I, I believe that God has got a word for everyone in every season that you go through in life. And the same for his church. And so every year we pray fast in the fall. And sometimes the Lord drops the word of the year early on. Uh, this year he dropped it in my spirit. It was November the 15th and I was praying and having my just kind of time daily, my daily encounter with the Lord and he dropped it in my spirit that this year was going to be a year of foundations. And, and I, I said, Lord, I, we've been here for two years now, Lord, haven't we? <laughs> haven't, isn't that what we've been doing the last two years? And he said, no, you've just been clearing the land and preparing the, sto the soil. But now it's time to dig and it's time to lay a foundation. And so that's what we are going to be doing uh, this year. So it's my honor to share with you the word of the Lord, and I'm going to unpack this a little bit. Uh, this message is going to be a little bit different because this is a bit of an overview of what, uh, what is to come for the year. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Luke chapter 6, Luke chapter 6, and the text that we're about to uh, receive this morning as we review it together, the, these are the words of Jesus out of Luke chapter 6. Theologians would call what we're about to read, it's, it's called the Sermon on the Plains, uh, you might have heard of the Sermon on the Mount. That's, that, gets, that gets a lot of notoriety. That's out of Matthew, out of the Gospel of Matthew. Um, Jesus spoke similarly in what theologians call the Sermon on the Plains out of Luke chapter 6. And if you read it, you notice that there's a lot of similarities between this and the Sermon on the Mount. And some different theologians speculate, was this two different sermons or was this one and the same? But Luke just did a more abbreviated version of it. And, uh, and, and the truth is, we really don't know for sure if it was two different sermons or one complete sermon, and, and Luke just kind of gave us some of the cliff notes. But what we do know, it's, it's the words of Jesus. And he spoke these words 2,000 years ago, and how many of you know he's still speaking to us 2,000 years later? Amen? All right. And we know this because God's word uh, is timeless, but it's also timely. And I'm believing for an on-time word for us today. So Luke chapter 6 uh, if you're there with me, say amen. And if you don't, if you don't have a Bible, it's totally cool. We got a big Bible on the screen that we're going to walk you through this. Luke chapter six, Luke chapter six, verse forty-six. It says this: Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Let me just pause. That that's not 
what you want to hear <laughs> at the end of your life. We want to hear the words, man, well done, good and faithful servant, right? I want to, well done. You, you did what I asked you to do. Not only did you listen to what I told you, but you actually did what I told you, that you activated your faith. All right, verse 47. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. Everybody say the rock. And when the flood rose and the stream beat vehemently against that house, it could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. So the word of the Lord for our church for 2023 is foundations. And I found it interesting that when the Lord dropped this in my spirit back on November 15th, we were right in the middle of a series that we had done called Stewardship. And if you recall, part of the message of stewardship, the heartbeat behind it, the foundational aspect of stewardship is that there's reverence, meaning I revere what God's given me, so I'm going to do my best to steward it well. I have reverence towards the life that he's given me, the breath in my lungs, so I'm going to steward this day the best I can. I, I have reverence in the fact that my wife is a gift from God in my life, that I have found a very good thing and obtained favor when he gave me my wife on, so I'm going to do my best to steward my purity and steward my marriage accordingly. I, I, I realize that and my children are complete gifts for me, the relationships I have, gifts from the Lord, so I'm going to do my best to steward everything that the Lord places in my hands. Spiritual maturity is seen in how we steward what God has given to us. And when it comes to a word from God, spiritual maturity is seen in how you steward that word. Stewarding, there's now, when it comes to the word of God, there's, there's the logos and there's the rhema. The logos is the written word of God and the rhema is the God-breathed word. Right? That's, that, there's, there's nowhere in the Bible that said, Jeff and Fawn Peterson, I want you to move to Texas. But as I read the word of God, there's a rhema word that drops in my heart where I know the Lord has called us to move our family from Texas, and I believe he's calling us to California. How did I know that? There was a rhema word from God. And so the Lord begins to speak, and he, he breathes as you read the written word, he gives you the rhema word, and that's starts to affect the course of your life. And spiritual maturity is seen in how do I steward the word of God that's written in black, white, and red, right? How do I steward, do I, do I live in accordance with the word of God? Am I stewarding that well? And then also, how do I, how do I steward that rhema word, that prophetic word, that, that directional word, that encouraging word? How, how do I steward the correcting word when God says, I want you to stop doing this, I want you to move towards doing that? How do I steward that word? Spiritual maturity is seen and how we steward the word. Can you steward a word from God past Sunday into Monday, right? Can you steward a word from God, a promise from God past Monday and this week? Can you steward it past this month? Can you steward it through a season? Can, can you steward it through years? Some of us have been walking out promises of God that was given to us 20 years ago. Can you steward the word of God? If you can be a good steward of the word that he's given to you, that word is a life that's founded on the rock. When we talk about digging deep and building a foundation on the rock, you're building a foundation on Jesus Christ, the word that became flesh. And so stewarding that word that God gives you is so vitally important to what God's gonna do in your life. 
And so our word of the year this year is foundation. So the Lord drops this in my spirit and brings me to this passage of chapter, uh, chapter 6 of the book of Luke that we just read in Luke 6.48. And Jesus shares those words and he says, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna, you want to see what a wise builder looks like? He, he's the one that, that dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And this is after Jesus just spoke what's known as the Beatitudes, right? And, it, and it's, Jesus brought about this new way of living. And, and, and he was like this radical rabbi. Uh, the, the Jewish people at this time, when, when he comes onto the scene, uh, they'd, been, they'd been going through the motions. Uh, they, they, if, if you would liken it today, uh, they'd been showing up to church. Um, they'd been doing their best to be faithful with God's place in their hand. But for a lot of them, it became a religious activity. It became a duty. It became a religious checklist. Check, I did this. Check, I didn't do this. So I'm in the favor of God. And Jesus says, no, no, no. I'm going to bring an actual new way. And I'm going to show you a new way to live life. And he began to do this with them. And they were in a season, a lot of them were in a season where they were just burnt out on religion. Like they were hungry for something real. And they're like, man, we, we've heard all these stories of what God had done in previous generations. But where's God in my generation? And then this crazy guy, John the Baptist, shows up in the scene wearing camel's hair and a leather belt and eating locusts and honey. And he was just radical and, 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 and not the kind of guy, like, like he didn't take like a class on, on, on being uh, uh, like a gentleman and attractional, et cetera. Like he's out there wild, living in the wild, the, the locusts, the honeys, dressed in camel's hair. And he begins to pro proclaim, and he's proclaiming the coming of the, the king, of King Jesus. And so he begins to proclaim this, and all these people, his message was so radical, it said that people would empty out of Jerusalem and Judea, and all these people would come around, and they would listen to this crazy man in the desert. And this crazy man was just wild and on fire for God and his passion and his zeal, and he was just pointing people to Jesus. This year, can we live with passion and zeal? Can we live in such a way that points people to Jesus? Right, I'm not talking about being weird or fanatic. I'm talking about being passionate, man. And I believe that God wants to put some passion back in your life. That just, just like the Jewish people that came out and wanted to hear what he had to say, just like the Jewish people that were done with religion that, that just hung on every word of Jesus, could we be a pa people that are passionate for the things of God? And maybe you're here today and you feel like that. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you've kind of, if you're honest, kind of been going through the motions. Maybe you're kind of like, here this morning, and, and this morning you might have walked in and you just wanted to check a box, and then during worship, all of a sudden, you begin to encounter God and you're like, whoa, there's, some, there's, there's something real here. And that's the Spirit of God. And He wants to fill you. He wants to fill you fresh today. So Jesus is bringing this new way of life. And, 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 and in the world of organizational development, my good friend Jonathan is here and He's playing on the keys today. His family is some of our best friends, and they're visiting us from Texas. And, and, uh, and, and my buddy Jonathan, he's like an expert in organizational development. Like we nicknamed him the brain. He's honestly the smartest human being I've ever met in my life. Incredibly brilliant in business and passionate for his wife and his kids. And just an incredible man of God and leader in his home. And, and in the world of business, he's regarded as a true expert in organizational development. And Jonathan would tell you that anything that you built by you're going to need to be maintained by. Meaning, if you're going to if you're going to, if you're going to build a business or an organization on a certain piece of culture, 
then you can rest assured that at some point that's going to be tested and you're going to need to maintain that culture by going back to that bedrock, that foundation of what you built that business, that organization on. And the same is true for Christianity. So Jesus introduces the Beatitudes, and he shares this whole way of life, and he's giving them the foundation, and then he says, let me tell you, if you put these words into practice in your life, you're going to be like that wise builder that built their life on the rock, that built their life on the foundation. So this morning, I just want to give you a bit of an overview of what you can expect if you're part of Authentic Church, and you call this church your home church, then this is a word not just for our house, this is a word for your house. This word of foundation is a word for your house. And I wanna give you what I believe are the the three pillars that God would have us focus on this year. So you're gonna hear this talked about a lot throughout the year. This is gonna be kind of the lens that we do things through. This is gonna be the mission of the year, if you will. Our vision continues to be the same. You heard my wife say it earlier. Our vision is to encounter God, Our vision is to discover community and fulfill the call of God on our lives. Why is that our vision? Because I believe that that's God's vision for you and for me. Without an encounter with God, then it just becomes religiosity. Without a community of faith behind you, I don't know that you're going to last around the days ahead. You think the last few years have been tough? I tell you, buckle up. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if a pig flew past my window as I'm driving down the street some days with all the craziness that's going on in our world. You're going to need that community of faith. And by the way, you, 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 need, you need your tribe before you go through that season that's difficult. You don't think you need it until you go through a rough patch and then you're like, I am so grateful that I got a praying church around me, that I got friends at church. I'm so grateful there's people that encourage me and believe in me. I'm so grateful for that. So there's going to be three pillars that we're going to unpack. The first one is, the key objective, if you will, is that over the course of this year, that we would all develop a thriving prayer life, a thriving prayer life. And in order to help you do that, one of the things that we did is uh, when you came in today, hopefully you've given one of these prayer cards. This is a daily prayer card, and and if you recall, we did a teaching on this back in the fall, and we went through the Lord's Prayer. So Jesus gave the Lord's Prayer, and as a a, a good Catholic boy, I memorized this prayer uh, early on because anytime I did something bad and I'd have to go confess my sin to the priest, he would tell me to do like 10 Our Fathers and like 50 Hail Marys and, you know, X amount of kneeling and standing up and all these things, right? And I'm not going to tell you to do that, by the way, uh, and, and, and I don't sit in the back and we don't have confessional after church every day, so you can, any, any recovering Catholics, you can breathe easy at the moment. Um, but, but I would encourage you, the daily prayer that Jesus taught, rabbis would always teach in outline form, right? So it wasn't like this he wasn't doing this big prepared sermon on how to pray. He just said, I- I'm going to teach you how to pray. And rabbis would share an outline. And so Jesus gave them an outline, and we provided that to you and broke that down with different scriptures that support key areas of the daily prayer. And, and I'll go through this prayer card just about every day. Not every day, but most days I do. And so I'll pray, I'll go through this typically in the mornings. I like to start my day. And then on the back of the prayer card, you'll see a list of people that I'm believing to come to know Jesus, all right? 
that it's not all about me, life is not all about it's not all about you, life is short, eternity is real, and people matter most. So people that I am passionately praying for and believing to come to know Jesus, right? We're here on a mission, right? I'm not showing up. Church isn't like a social country club for me. It's not a place that I physically show up. It's a place I spiritually show up. And so people that we're believing to come to know Jesus. And then on there, we also put the prayer of Jabez, which we did a di- different teaching on that last fall. And we pray, pray the prayer of Jabez. And so I literally will pray the prayer of Jabez throughout my day. I pray the prayer of Jabez over my kids before I drop them off for school. I pray, Lord, bless them. Lord, I pray that you would increase their influence, put your spirit on them, and keep them from evil. And so I go through that. I'll pray the prayer. I'll pray that all throughout my day. It's like the ultimate 10-second prayer, just a quick prayer for somebody going through a tough time, whatever. Get on the phone with them, help them through, encourage them, and pray that. So our, our, our desire is that this would be a resource to you. But I just want to caution you, just like the children of Israel that were coming out to the Judean countryside to listen to crazy man John and his camel hair and came out to hear the teachings of this radical rabbi Jesus, I want to caution you. Don't let this become a religious duty, okay? The goal of the prayer card, it's a, it's, a, it's a resource that is simply there to help you encounter God more. And that's what Jesus taught his disciples. So we pray that that would be, that would be a resource for you. And I don't know about you, but when I've had my daily prayer time, when I've had an encounter with God, I, I'm just a better human being. <laughs> I'm nicer, I'm kinder, I'm more gracious, I'm more loving, I'm more forgiving, I'm more sensitive to sin that tries to get into me when I've had my time in, in prayer. Um, I'm a better husband, I'm a better dad, I'm certainly a better pastor when I pray, <laughs> thank God. But we all need to have our daily time in prayer. So number one, the goal today, one of the key objectives for this year would be that we would all develop a thriving prayer life. And, and not just a prayer life where it's just you and your prayer closet. I'm talking a prayer life where you can lead prayer. Like, like some of us, there was a moment for some of you that are really confident in praying. There was a moment where you weren't confident where it felt a little bit like an elephant on ice skates, right? It's like there were times where Fawn and I, early on in our marriage, and we would get together and pray, and she would start or I would start, and we'd step on each other's toes in prayer, and she's speaking and I'm speaking, and she prays what I want to pray, and, or I was praying, and she felt like I was preaching at her through my prayers. Like, you know, anybody relate to that? Any married couples that pray together? And, but, but the goal is that you're going to be confident in not just having that alone encounter with God, but you're gonna be confident in praying out in public with other people. You're gonna feel confident in leading somebody in prayer. You're gonna feel confident, be, like before service on Sunday mornings, for any of you that are part of the serve team, anybody that serves on the serve team, just raise your hand. If you serve on the serve team, so grateful for you. Thank you so much for all that you do to help make Sundays happen. And so our, with our serve team, we always have a time of prayer before service. Well, my goal is that you would feel confident just leading out and leading us in prayer on a Sunday morning. That, that's where we're going, all right? So if you want, if you want that in your life, uh, and if you want to grow, then you're in, a, in the right place. <laughs> Acts 13.52 says this, The disciples were continually filled throughout their souls with joy and the Holy Spirit. They were continually filled. Sometimes you're empty, and man, we need to be filled. And so the daily prayer helps us be continually filled. All right, so the second area that we want to focus on, the second pillar, if you will, is that you would have an understanding of doctrine and theology. 
Uh, there's a lot of Christians that are out there that are like so full of zeal for the Lord, and that's awesome. I love that passion. I'm a passionate guy. I'm kind of an emotional guy. If you haven't figured that out yet this morning, I can get passionate and emotional. And, and that zeal for the Lord is awesome if you have that. But let me tell you, you need to be grounded and anchored in the Word of God, okay? If you, if you have zeal without the Word of God, you become weird, okay? And, and if you just have the word of God with no zeal, you become religious, all right? And, and God wants you to be on fire, filled with his Holy Spirit, but he wants you to have a good, solid understanding of doctrine and theology. And so our, our goal here is that it's not just information. There's a lot of places to go get information. There's a lot of people that have a lot of opinions about things. If you've been on social media the last two years, you've witnessed a lot of opinions about a lot of things from a lot of out experts that are just simply couch potatoes clicking and yelling and screaming over Facebook, right? And so there's a lot of good information on it, but is it sound? Is it founded on the Word of God? So the goal is that you would not have mere information, but that there would be life transformations for all of us, that the Word of God would transform you. It would transform me. And the Word of God, as, as you read the Word of God, something happens. It's called revelation. It's like you have, you're able to see something you never saw before. It's like, oh, I, I never looked at that scripture that way. I have a fresh, I have a revelation. I have a revelation of Jesus. Oh, I have a revelation of sin. I remember when I was reading my Bible as a young Christian and I was watching rated R movies that were not good. And suddenly I'm reading my Bible, and I thought that was totally fine. I'm like, what's wrong with that, you know? And then I'm reading my Bible one day, and, and there's different scriptures that talked about living pure. And I was like, suddenly the light bulb went off, and I had a revelation, right? When you have a revelation, there's an impartation from the Spirit of God to you. And when you receive that impartation, you can choose now to apply it. And that's the application, when you apply that in your life, that's when there's that application piece, then there's transformation. It, you, you, you can hear it, the light bulb can go off, you can receive revelation, but if you don't act on it, you're gonna be the, the person that heard the word but didn't do what it said. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says this, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, everybody say doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The, the, the strength of the, your foundation that God wants to build in your life, the strength of it is gonna be built on the soundness of your doctrine. If you, and you can see doctrine in people's lives super easy. Like you don't have to take a test to find out what their doctrine is or how they view different things. You can just see how they act. You see a person that's super forgiving, that's gracious, that's like, oh, no problem, I understand, no, I forgive you. If you meet people like that, my wife is like that. She's honestly like one of the most gracious people I've ever met in my life. And when you meet somebody like that, you see the outworkings of a sound doctrine that says, I can't hold a grudge. I, I actually don't have permission to hold a grudge. I, I don't have permission to stonewall you. I don't have permission to be cold in my communication because God wants reconciliation, right? Because her doctrine is really sound when it comes to forgiveness. When, and her doctrine is sound when it comes to marriage, thank God. And so the sounder, you can see that. So what is doctrine, you might say? Well, in the world of Christianity, so doctrine is, is a, it's, it's a belief that are teachings and taught. In the world of Christianity, Christian doctrine is the beliefs that are held and taught based on the Holy Bible. 
It's not based on somebody's fresh revelation or impartation or whatever. When you look at the Mormon religion, they're way off base and it's a cult. Why? Because they're basing a lot of their feelings and things off of some revelation of some man that doesn't line up with Scripture. And if that offends you, read your Bible. So you can easily see someone's doctrine at worst based on how they live. And I love this quote by uh, Kevin Connor. He's an author of this uh, great teaching called Foundations of Christian Doctrine. It is a textbook, so if you go to Amazon and buy it, be ready to read a textbook. And I've taken this class multiple times, incredible class. But he said this. He said, it's necessary that Christians be taught sound Bible doctrine and that all doctrine... All doctrine be tested by the full context of the infallible word of God. Now listen to what he says here. Doctrine received, believed, and practiced determines a person's character, behavior, and destiny. And I see Casey in the front row and Fawn in the front row because our Bible teacher would have us memorize this and repeat it at the start of every one of our classes on foundations of Christian doctrine. And we would, this would get into us. But it's so true. Doctrine received, believed, and practiced discerns a person's character, behavior, and destiny. So, real basic here, if, if you desire your life and your faith, your marriage, your singleness, your job, if you desire your life to look this way, then all you do as a Christian is you reverse engineer it and you just go, okay, what's the foundational element? For the life that I want there, what's the foundational element that I can dig here? It's literally that simple. And so we're gonna do that as we go through the scriptures over the course of this year. So again, number one, our, 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 our goal, the objective, the, the, the pillar, if you will, of the year is that you would have a thriving prayer life. That you'd be confident in praying out loud. You'd be confident in leading people in prayer. You'd be having that daily encounter that that, that daily prayer card is going to be an awesome resource for you. Number two is that you would have a good understanding, sound doctrine theology. You have a good baseline of that for your life. And number three is that you'd be activated in ministry. So if you're looking for a church where you're not going to do anything and actually live out your Christian life, it's been so great having you here today. I hope you enjoyed it, but you might not enjoy it the rest of the year, okay? We wanna see you activated in ministry, no longer living on the bench, man. It's time to get in the game. God is looking across the whole earth, and it says that he's looking for people that he wants to strengthen whose hearts are fully turned towards him. You don't wanna go through 2023 and then end it the same way that you ended 2022 if it was not built and founded on passion in the word of God. Right? You want to come in at the end of 2023, don't you want to just end it feeling so fulfilled? Like, man, I just felt like everything God told me to do, I did. Like, like I, feel, I feel so just encouraged in my faith because he asked me to do it, and I said yes. I, I, I learned to pray. I, I learned doctrine, and I've been applying it in my life, and I've seen, the, I've seen the change in my life. I've seen the change in my marriage. I've seen the change in my work. I've, I've seen the I can see it in my life. And some of you are sitting here today, and you made the decision last year to follow Christ, and you can definitely say, God has done a work in my family. And I want to see more of that, don't you? I mean, don't you want to see more of that in your life and feel that sense of fulfillment and that sense of purpose? And for everybody... It's going to look a little bit different. But regardless, we want to see everybody activated in ministry. I loved over the Christmas holiday season, I get a text from a buddy of mine, Jason McBurney, that's sitting right here and helping us do sound today. And, and Jason McBurney and his wife Carly are here, and they sent me a video. And it was them baptizing 
a man in a hot tub that is now going to be part of their family, who's marrying into the family, and he's in his 60s, I believe, and, and, and this guy wanted to go all in for Jesus and ask Jason, he said, they'd had conversations, he said, hey, would you baptize me? And Jason reaches out to me, and he's like, all right, talk me through it. And so I talk him through it. And hey, everybody that's a believer in Jesus should be able to baptize somebody, right? And so Jason baptized them in the hot tub. And then what happened? Their niece said, hey, I want to give my life to Jesus, and I want to be baptized too. And so they both were baptized on that day on Christmas. Come on. I want to see more of that, right? The, 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 if you want to look at the job description for a pastor or a leader in ministry, it's to equip the people of God for the work of the ministry, right? That's the work of the ministry, right? I talked to Jason. I'm like, bro, it's like real Christian stuff you were doing over Christmas, man. I love it. James 1.22 says this. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. How many of us are just fooling ourselves? And maybe you're here and you want to do what God says and you, you want to, you just, you just need a little bit of training on how, okay, I, I believe, I, I want to, how do I apply it? We're going to teach that. That's going to be a big focus this year. So again, the three objectives for 2023, you're going to have a thriving prayer life, you're going to have an understanding of sound doctrine and theology, and you're going to be activated in ministry. My question for you today is, do you want to grow? Do you want to grow? And I get it, there's times and seasons in my life where I did not want to grow. I'm like, dude, there's too much coming at me. I can barely juggle all that I'm juggling. I don't know, I am, I am already, I is growing, right? <laughs> my question is, do you want to grow? And I think most people, especially if you're a Christian, you're coming to a church on a Sunday morning, you would say, I do want to grow. And then my follow-up question is, would you want to grow fast or slow? <laughs> growth, is, growth is gonna be painful. Growth is uncomfortable. But Jesus didn't die on the cross to give you and I a comfortable life, right? That's why the, 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 the early disciples, what did they pray when the Holy Spirit come and fill them? Lord, give us boldness. We need to be bold, I wanna be bold. Lord said, all right, I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna breathe my spirit into you, and now guess what he does? He gives you opportunities to be bold. <laughs> so when you see that person that's limping at the Target store during checkout and the Holy Spirit says, go pray for them. It's like, here's your opportunity to be bold, right? When you see, you hear that story about that single mom that's struggling to make it, and, and, and you're struggling to make it, but the Lord reminds you that you got 100 bucks in your wallet, and the Holy Spirit says, I want you to give that to her. And you're like, but Lord, how do I put gas in my car? I'm going to take care of it. I want you to be obedient, right? So do you want to grow, yes or no? We all want to grow. I believe we all want to grow. So the foundation as we begin this year, the first area, the first foundation that we're going to lay as we begin this new year is a foundation of prayer and fasting. And we're going to embark on 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's going to go January 9th to the 29th. Now, I know some of you that are mathematicians in here, you're looking at 9 and 29, and you're thinking that's only 20, 20 days, but you forgot to count the ninth day. It's actually 21 days. So January 9th through the 29th, 21 days, we're going to be fasting and praying, Okay. And I want to encourage everybody, everybody can fast something. Some of you may feel called to do a, a, a total fast and, and you're just going to do liquids. Some of you are going to fast certain foods, like Daniel fasted uh, anything that was uh, a delicacy, the meats, and he just did really bland vegetables and soups and stews. Some of you will feel called to 
to complete, just, you're just going to do water the entire time. I'm telling you, 21 days, if you could be as passionate about fasting as you were about feasting in Hallmark movies over Christmas, all right, I think it would do everybody good, <laughs> okay? Buddy of mine texted me the other day, he goes, Jeff, I think I put on the fresh, freshman 15. <laughs> I said, brother, I can relate. <laughs> it was good holiday season. But I want to encourage everybody to fast. And, and, and fasting isn't just like dieting, okay? That's not what fasting is, okay? Fasting at its core is I'm abstaining from food for spiritual benefit, okay? If you really want to think of it, fasting is spiritual fuel. Like, I, 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 I fast qu- quite a lot. And I'm not saying that just, I'm not trying to brag or anything like that. But I, I have a spiritual discipline, no different than reading my Bible, I have a spiritual discipline of fasting. And I, I don't always like fasting. Some people are like, man, you love fasting. I say, I don't always love fasting, but I love the results. Like, I don't always like the fast when I'm in the middle of it, but man, I tell you what, I'm obsessed with the results. Because I know how much I lack, and by the grace of God, I know what he has done in my life, and, and I'm hungry for his presence. I'm hungry for that revelation. I'm hungry for a move of God. I'm hungry to see my friends and family know Jesus. I'm hungry to see a church that's passionate on fire that's making a difference in this world. Like, I'm hungry. So fasting is actually like spiritual fuel. If you ever feel stuck in life, stuck where you just kind of feel like, I I didn't do anything to kind of feel like I'm going through the motions, but I'm kind of feeling like I'm going through the motions. Anybody, have you ever relate, have you ever been there, right? I feel like I'm just doing this. I, I really... I really want to be on fire for God, but I'm kind of just showing up. Keep showing up. But can I also tell you, declare a fast. Like separate yourself, right? So what is fasting? So fasting is, it's, it, it's, it's disconnecting from the world, and then prayer is connecting with God. So fasting disconnects us from the world, right? I'm abstaining from fuel, my food source. I'm abstaining from that. So I'm disconnecting, and then through prayer, I'm connecting with God. And if you don't have a fervent prayer life, then your fast is just a really cruel diet to your body, okay? So if you're going to fast, if you're actually going to take the time, then you better crank it up. You might want to turn it up when it comes to prayer and time in the Word. And I tell you what happens. As you begin to crank it up, you're going to be able to, you're going to see things in Scripture you never saw. You're going to have that revelation. God's going to, in his love, he's going to correct areas in your life. In his love, he's going to call you close. And suddenly there's going to be repentance that comes to your heart. There's going to be a kindness that comes to you. There's going to be a deviation from sin that is so, you know, like Paul talks about, like, what's the weight that so easily besets you? What's that weight? What's that sin? What's that pull where it's like the devil's just trying to constantly pull you in this? And you may say, well, I don't have any sin. It may not be a gross sin, like whatever, put the label on it. It might just be the little critical aspect of your heart. It might be that judgmental thing. It might be how you approach that situation. It might be how you, how, how you are on the job. Like, you, do you really work as unto the Lord, or are you just kind of like punching a clock? Like, like where, where it could be just the little things. But as you fast, and the Lord begins to work on your heart, and then as you read the Word of God, you combine the Word of God in prayer with your fast, suddenly that revelation, that light comes on, that impartation, and then it shows you where to apply it, and that's how your life becomes to become transformed. So effective fasting requires intense prayer. Isaiah 58 says this, it's not, Is this not the fast that I have chosen 
to loose the bonds of wickedness? Come on, how many know that we need, that the, the world is full of wickedness, right? More than ever. And we, we need to see that broken off of people. To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. Some people have yoked themselves up with lies of the devil in their life. They've yoked themselves up with lies of the devil when it comes to relationships. They've yoked themselves up to all these different things that is not what Jesus wanted them to be yoked to. He said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. I, he wants to give you fresh joy and fresh passion in your life. Isaiah 58 goes on to say, Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Come on. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. Fasting is connected to your healing. There's healing breakthrough there. there there's certain aspects where when you fast and pray, it's amazing how that healing comes. It breaks forth. The healing shall spring forth speedily. Righteousness goes before you. In Isaiah 58, 9, that the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall cry and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. So we're believing for a Joel 2, what I call a Joel 2 spiritual awakening. Joel 2, 28. Afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Everybody say all people. All people. He wants to pour his spirit out on all people. Your sons, your daughters, they're going to prophesy. Your old men are going to dream dreams. Your young men are going to see visions. So the afterwards, when Joel 2.28, when Joel is prophesying this, the afterwards, what, is, what, is, what, was, what are they doing after, after what? After what? Go back to Joel 1.14. They declare a holy fast. Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly, and that's what we're doing as a church. Summon the elders and all who live in the land of the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. When I, I think of crying out, man, that's passion. That's, that's full-throated love of God. Like, like, I'm crying out to you, God. I'm going to lift my voice in prayer. I'm going to lift my voice in worship. I'm, I'm crying out to the Lord. And it says, Joel 2.12, even now declares the Lord. It, right now, authentic church, right now. Return to me with your whole heart, fasting and weeping. Blow a trumpet in Zion. That's what I'm doing here this morning. I'm trying to blow a trumpet with the word of God. Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather, consecrate, bring together the elders, the children, those nursing. So everybody can fast, okay? Now, I, I realize that fast is going to look different and age appropriate, right? So my kids are going to fast certain things. They're going to fast certain foods. They're going to fast certain pieces of media and entertainment, and by the way, uh, media and entertainment, I think that's awesome to fast that. Honestly, I think we could all do with less media and entertainment in our lives, less news, less politics, less blah, 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 all that stuff. But according to the Bible, just so you know, that's not really a biblical fast, okay? A biblical fast is when you abstained from food, okay? I'm abstaining from food for spiritual benefit. And then here's the promise of God in Joel 2.19. This is what the Lord says, and this is where we're going to end. Then the Lord will reply, I'm sending you grain, new wine, and oil. I'm sending you grain. There's going to be greater provision for some of you as you go through this fast. You're going to see breakthrough in area of your finances. You're going to see breakthrough in areas of stewardship and budgeting. You're going to see breakthrough in areas of your life financially. And the Lord said, I'm sending you grain. I'm going to give you new wine and new oil. What does that represent? The Holy Spirit. There's going to be a fresh move of the Holy Spirit in your life, in your family, on your job. There's going to be a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. Some of you, are, you've never prophesied before. You're going to begin to prophesy. Some of you have never received a revelation, actually given somebody an encouraging word. The Bible says to prophesy that, that the pro spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus and that in you, when you prophesy, you build up the church. 
Some of you are going to prophesy and you're going to give words to different people and it's going to be life to them. It may look like an encouraging text when you're reading the Word of God, you're in your Bible reading plan because you downloaded it on Universion with Authentic Church and you're going through your Bible reading plan and suddenly as you're reading it, you go, oh man, this is so good for me and the Holy Spirit says, I want you to text that to so-and-so. And you're going to text it to a classmate. You're going to text it to a, a, a friend or a relative. You're going to text it to them. It's going to be the exact thing that they needed to hear at that moment. That is the spirit of prophecy. So there's going to be new wine and, and new oil, enough to satisfy you fully. Remember the scripture we read at the beginning in Acts when it said, I want you to be continually filled? He's going to continually fill you with this Holy Spirit. And never again will I make you an object of scorn in nations. In other words, I'm going to remove shame from you. I'm going to remove condemnation. And as I was praying about the sermon last week, and, and, and I submit this to you uh, with, with just a, the t as much humility as I can and as much as I prayed about that, some of you, you experienced sexual trauma when you were at a young age. And, and you can't even speak about it. I believe that there's somebody here today that you experienced that in such a, a deep way and if you're honest with yourself, you see that it's, it's really a crack in the foundation. And it's hard for you when it comes to intimacy in relationships because of that crack. And the Lord is saying, I want to fix that. He wants to heal that area. He wants to bring healing to that area. And he, he doesn't want it to be one that's full of shame or he doesn't, he's not bringing it up to hurt you. He wants to bring it up to heal you. And the challenge is, just like a break, if you have a break in your arm, like your forearm, and you break it really bad, if, you don't, if that doesn't get set and corrected right, it's going to heal wrong. And some of us go through life, and we might have experienced some healing, but it's a sensitive area. The Lord wants to heal that area of your life. I'm going to ask uh, Jonathan to join me up front on the keyboard, if you would, bud. We're going to close with this. So... My question is this, when it comes to the 21 days of fasting and prayer, will you join me? <laughs> As your pastor, I'm saying, will you join me? Will you join me in this? If your answer is yes, then there's three things that I'm going to ask you to do. Number one, I'm going to ask you to have a daily Bible reading plan. It doesn't have to be ours. It doesn't have to be the one that we did in the YouVersion Bible app. You could have your own. But I'm asking you to get in the Word of God every day. That it, it becomes your, your food. It becomes your source of nourishment. My pastor used to tell me, what begins as a discipline becomes a delight. It's a daily discipline. Cultivate that this year. So I'm going to ask you to get in the Word of God. The second thing I'm going to ask you to do is like Daniel 6.10. Daniel has said would pray three times a day, morning, noon, and night. I'm going to ask you during the course of the 21 days for the next three weeks, I'm going to ask you to press pause on life, and before you begin, pray first. When you start your day, pray first. When you take that lunch break, pray first. At night, before you go to bed, pray first. It's three times a day. And I'm not talking like, Lord, bless me, keep me. Thank you for watching over me. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm, I'm, I mean, I mean, like, would you pray? Would you ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want to speak to me today? What's on your heart today? Use that daily prayer card as a resource. It's incredible. God, I want to know you more. I want to encounter you. I don't want to just go through the rhythms. Man, I want to encounter you today. I promise you, 
When you pray that from a sincere heart, James 4, 8 says, when you draw near to God, he's faithful to draw near unto you. It's a promise in Scripture. So draw near to him three times a day. Set an alarm on your phone if you have to. We have alarms for so many things, reminders for so many things. Set an alarm on your phone just three times a day. Pray. And take a moment and pray. And then the third area, I'd like to ask you to commit to being in the house of the Lord every Sunday for the month of January. Commit, say, you know what? I'm going to be like in Hebrews 10.25 where it says, I'm not going to neglect the gathering together of the saints. I'm actually going to make it a point. I'm going to make it a priority as I start this year, as I dedicate this year to the Lord, I'm going to be in the house of the Lord every single Sunday in the month of January. And I get it. Everybody has different things where they travel. You may have already trips planned. I get kids get sick. I get all that stuff. But if you're well, if you're physically in town, make it a priority to come to the house of the Lord. So again, time in the Word every single day. Pray three times a day. And be in the house of the Lord for the month of January. Amen. All right, let's stand as we close out today. And I want to pray for you. I truly believe that our church authentic is standing before a, a wide and effective door of ministry. Like it talks about in 1 Corinthians. That there's a great and effective door that the Lord has for us. And I believe there's a great and effective door that the Lord has for you. And that as you dedicate the first part of this year to him, as you pray, as you fast, as you seek God from a sincere heart, man, he's going to meet you. He's going to meet you. He's going to answer prayers that you didn't even realize were there. And the best thing that comes through the fast is a closeness with God. That's the best. It's not always necessarily the answered prayer, and I pray your prayers do get answered. But a lot of times when God doesn't answer the prayer, he shows you, he gives you a perspective on that prayer. And that in and of itself is an answer to prayer and a gift to our lives. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. I thank you for this new year. I thank you for your Holy Spirit, God. I thank you for your word that gives life. And God, as we dig deep and lay a foundation in 2023, God, I'm praying that there's gonna be just a mighty move of your Holy Spirit power. God, I pray that you'd pour out new grain, new oil, God, fresh revelation from you. God, I pray for marriages to be renewed. I pray for strengthening to individuals. I pray for healing for those that are sick and have battled infirmity in their bodies, that they're gonna experience healing and breakthrough. Those that have battled addiction and sin. God, I pray that they would be set free from that, God. I pray that this year would be the year when enough is enough and that they would take hold of all that you have for them in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you for leading, guiding, and directing us this year. And Lord, as we commit to these things, God, would you help us? Holy Spirit, help us to have that thriving prayer life. Help us, oh God. Help us to, to grow in our understanding of doctrine and theology, God. Help us to lay a solid foundation in those areas of our lives. And God, we say yes, and we ask you to help us be activated in ministry. We thank you, God. Thank you for your kindness. This morning, if you're saying yes to the call and you're going to join me in the fast, just lift your hands. I just want to pray for you. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen these that are saying yes to fasting. God, would you strengthen them? God, those days when they feel weak, would you strengthen them? Strengthen their spirits, oh God. Strengthen their physical bodies, Lord, that they'd be able to continue to do the work that you have for them to do in, 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 in life and activities that they're doing. And show them wisdom. God, give them wisdom of where to pull back and where to set aside and dedicate that time. 
God, I pray, I pray, Father, that they would be so blessed as they get closer with you through this fast, that we as a community of faith, God, as we draw near to you, that you're so faithful to draw near to us. And God, we thank you for all that you're going to do this year. Like Joshua said, Lord, for me and our house, for this church, for our families, that we will stand for you. We're gonna serve the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, as we close today, we always take a time to pray for anybody that needs prayer. So we're going to dismiss in a, in a moment. But if you need to go, go ahead and go. Um, God bless you. But if you need prayer today, I want to encourage you to hang out and come up front. There's going to be prayer team that's going to be up front. If you're part of the prayer team, you can go ahead and make your way to the front this morning. They're going to be lined up along the front. And uh, if you need prayer for anything today, don't leave before getting prayer. You're in a house of prayer and you're in a place of faith. And if you want to come into agreement, we want to come into agreement with you. And we want to pray for a miracle in whatever you're going through, whatever area of your life that you're wanting prayer in, we want to pray with you. And if you need to go today, God bless you. I pray you have the most amazing week. Remember, tomorrow we launch into 21 days of prayer and fasting. And just in your bulletins, you can sign up for those text updates, and we'll text you some encouragement as you, as you kick off this fast. God bless you, Authentic Church. Happy New Year. So good to see your faces. God bless. All right, amen. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.